From ISC, I'm Lara Pedley and welcome to the ISC podcast, where I talk with inspiring insurance leaders about networking, mentorship and building a successful career. This week's guest is Deepti Vora. Deepti has spent the last 16 years working for the insurance practice at PwC. Just this year, she was made partner and also sits on the PwC Gender Balance Network. Deepti was born in Birmingham. When she was seven years old, her parents decided to move home to India, where Deepti spent the rest of her childhood and teenage years. After university, she decided to come back to the UK to do her master's. Deepti says that moving back to the UK was pretty tough, but she had an even tougher challenge when she moved from college life to the working world. Yeah, that that was tough because I applied to jobs all over the country um, and I consistently got rejections every day for, for weeks and months. And, um, you know, I, I talked about it earlier. It, it was because I think my CV lo- just looked quite different. Um, and that was tough. But I think what, what kept me going was just that determination. I'd had that dream to come here for so long. I just wanted to do absolutely everything I could to make it a reality. And I just wasn't prepared to 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 give up and and go back so um I kept trying kept trying um and yeah I got through um PwC and you know I was having this conversation with with my dad uh, a while ago and I said you know I, there was only one place that I finally got through and he said well you only need one what would you have done if you had got more than one anyway you you could have won it and uh yeah so that was that was quite a sobering moment when uh, when I realized we that, that that's true and uh, you know I'm lucky that I got that one place yeah and you've been there ever since <laughs> I have <laughs> I have what did success look like back then when you started at PwC and what does it look like for you now is there a difference so I think there's some differences and there's some similarities um if I think back to when I started success for me was recognition recognition of the work I'd done so most of us take a lot of pride in in the work that we do and and you want some kind of recognition for it and it doesn't have to be you know this this huge external sort of recognition it's just someone saying well done you've done a great job and it makes it worth it and you know that your efforts are, are recognized so for me success was making sure that I was delivering uh to be honest beyond beyond people's expectations and to some extent that hasn't changed um for me being able to um say at the end of the day i've i've done a, a great job and for someone else to say that and recognize that as well is for me a sign of success um the one thing that's changed is i i probably now or i definitely do rely less on needing that positive affirmation from other people because I think over time you develop that belief in yourself and in your abilities um but it's still nice to have someone say, oh, well absolutely. done. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important that, you know, you, you take that with you and you remember that in how you recognize your, your teams who work so hard. Mm. How has the culture in the UK and specifically at PwC differed from the culture that you grew up with in India? So I think culturally, um, India is quite an, an, an open society uh, and when we open quite outwardly, open uh very friendly uh so you know when I moved to the UK I think my initial impression was it was more closed 
and and reserved so you know if i think about the when i went you used to go on the tube you know the tube was packed <laughs> with the absolutely packed but it's silent, silent. no deadly silent exactly <laughs> and it took me so long i was just like oh my god if i was back home this place would be roaring with with noise <laughs> and you know you'd just be talking to each other um so yeah and and that's what i mean so culturally you know that that did feel quite different um but you know it, it it's an amazing place to be it's an amazing place to to live uh, it's an amazing place to to work and every culture is going to be different so you've mm-hmm. just got to embrace that mm. what advice would you give to other young professionals thinking about coming over from india to work in the uk I would say be prepared for a culture shock. Um I just being very honest about it so to be prepared it, it will be uh, a shock but as I said before it is it really is a fantastic place to work and you know I've been able to realize the dreams I had over here and I'll be forever grateful for that. Mm. The one thing actually you know just talking about cultural differences and you know thinking about work that that happens specifically to me and and I think does happen to a lot of people who who come from the east is we grew up in a culture where there is a lot of uh respect given to your elders for example or people more senior to you and you don't tend to disagree with them when you translate that into the workplace if you don't question something someone more senior to you says it's seen as not having an opinion mm. and that can actually be quite detrimental to to your, to your career. career yeah yeah uh and i suffered from that because mm. uh that's how i had grown up and you know that that's just how you think mm. and it wasn't until i had that very open conversation with someone quite senior that i realized the impact of me behaving the way i always had behaved was having on on that person and how that was being seen more broadly so um that's something i do talk about quite openly now at the firm for both sides to to really understand right because you can't so. it is quite hard to really change who you are you need to be aware but then equally others need to be aware that you know people from different cultural backgrounds may not be behaving in a way that you've been used to mm. and those are the sorts of reasons why mm. and those are the benefits of having diverse teams everyone has a different opinion and i think sometimes uh senior leaders like to be challenged because it's quite hard making decisions on a daily basis um and always thinking you're right i don't think ever anyone always thinks they're right so having Absolutely. someone to back you up or say uh, actually have you thought about it this way i think is is great for business and great for for growth as an individual as well oh absolutely absolutely it's all about you know that diversity of thought that that people from different backgrounds can can bring to the table and looking at problems in different ways mm, and it's proven to have a business impact yes absolutely <laughs> there's great. all the stats are there to, I to know. support it it's, yeah. <laughs> significant stats as well yeah, exactly You've been with PwC your whole career. You said you were a lifer. Did you have a career plan when you started out 16 years ago? So when I started out 16 years ago, I I definitely had a long-term goal. Um, I questioned it many times along the way as to whether it's, it's achievable. And, you know, I mean, we talk quite a lot about the imposter syndrome and I was definitely one of them. Um, 
But I did. I I knew from the start that I wanted to be successful. And we've talked about what success means. Success also meant for for me and everyone's different and everyone's definition of of success is is different, did mean career progression. And for me, I've, I've been quite clear and open with that. For me, it's meant progression. So I did always have my eye on the the next the next step. Mm. And did you take it in sort of those smaller steps or did you have a, a, a large ambitious goal and then try and figure out a path to get there in between? Or was there a tactic that you used or just looking at the next stage? Yeah, I think it's important to have a plan for the next stage, definitely. And to have quite a well thought through plan as to how you will get to the next stage. So I've always had that um, so what am I going to do to get to the next stage? And we might touch on it. I, I kind of learned the hard way that had the importance of having a plan because um, I didn't at the start and I missed out on, on, on a promotion. But that made me learn to never, ever make that mistake of, you know, not having a proper plan again. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely keeping your eye on the next stage, but don't lose sight of the end goal because things change and you can find in the medium term you know, that long-term goal may either not be achievable, you may not want it anymore. It might look different. So don't lose sight of that because that can then change your short-term plan. We talk a lot about the importance of a network, especially in locating mentors and sponsors, both inside and outside your organisation. Did you prioritise networking early on in your career? So I think for me, it actually came quite quite naturally. I've always really enjoyed being with people, being around people. Given the culture you grew up in. Exactly. <laughs> it comes yes. naturally to you. Yes, yeah, you know, and I, and I thrive on, I mean, I think there's nothing better than having a really good conversation that, you know, leaves you feeling energised and inspired. Um, and yeah, like, so I draw a lot of energy on, uh, from those sorts of interactions with people. And because of that, I think I seek those opportunities out. So, you know, um, have I consciously tried to to network or did I at the start? No, I didn't. I did it because I really loved it. And, you know, I love feeling inspired by listening to what other people have to say. Um, you know, could I have been smarter about it at the start? Maybe. <laughs> um, have I realized that now? Yes. Um, but yeah, but for me, I think it was something that was just quite natural. Great. Did you have, or did or do you have a mentor, sponsor or coach to help you along the way? I have had all, all three. (laughs) Uh, And I've been very fortunate to have uh, different people in those different roles uh, along the way. And um, each one is is really important. Um, So what a mentor do is quite different to what a sponsor does. A sponsor really is someone who is, who is, um, talking about you when you're not in in the room you know and a mentor will really help guide your your progression and a coach is um I've, I've actually worked with a coach uh, an executive coach quite closely probably for the last couple of years now and that's been an absolutely phenomenal experience and one that I had never quite had before so I thought I was being coached or getting coaching but you know to get a real coach has been um has been brilliant because what they have done or what we have worked on together is not trying to fit a particular mold at all. Who are you? What do you bring? And very much focused on you as an individual realizing the value that you bring and being able to stay true to that, be confident about it and articulate it. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate to, to have all, 
all three. And it goes back to your point before, I think having a coach uh, is sort of scheduled me time, you time, where you really look at yourself, um, which is, as you said, really important for career progression. In the book, Inspirational Women in Risk, you said the best thing someone said to you after you missed out on a promotion was, I know you're really disappointed. You have two choices. The one where you, the one you're probably thinking of, which is to quit, or you could stay and try again and prove to everyone they made a mistake. <laughs> How did you use this advice to motivate you and subsequently go on to get that promotion six months later? Yeah, um, I, um, for a good while, I just wanted to leave. <laughs> I did. I, I mean, I felt I'd been overlooked and hard done by. Um, but, you know, you get over it and, and you have to wait before making any big decision um, until you, you, you know, you can see things a little bit more clearly. Um, and once I did, uh, it was time to face reality. And you know what? There were things I hadn't done right. Uh, and there were reasons I'd probably been overlooked. Uh, and I had to face those facts and I had to learn from them and I had to learn about how a process works. And some of it was, you know, I thought hard work just gets noticed. And sometimes it's not just that you have to do more. Uh, and I had to realize that and I had to learn from that. And, and I did, which uh, and but, you know, part of it was, you know, you stand back, face reality, realize what you hadn't done. And then you question yourself, do you think you can do it now that you've realized what you needed to do? Do you think you can do it? And for me, the answer was, yeah, I think I can do it. Now that I know, I think I can. Um, and I think that's what really motivated me to to go for it again. Go for it again. Again, yeah. and, and make sure I don't make the same mistakes next mm. time around. Mm. Um, you are a mother to young children? I have a seven-year-old daughter. Seven-year-old oh, yeah. daughter. How have you managed to maintain a successful career as well as a family life balance? So I think the first thing again, I think we should all be honest about is it's hard. You know, it's not not it's not easy, and I don't want to make it sound like it's an easy thing to to do. You do have to find your own balance, um, and I think many times women still do have it harder. Um, not all of the times, but it is hard, and I think it's important to make that point so that everyone does recognise that it can be harder. For, for, for women, let's not hide that fact, first of all. So, um, I always openly say, yes, it has been, it has been hard. Um, but for me, finding balance has been really interesting because I think when I first came back from work, I had this idea of what balance should be based on, you know, what you've heard people say. And I, or what you've seen yeah, on the surface. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but that doesn't mean that's what works for you. Mm. And I tried really hard to kind of get this perfect balance every single day and it wasn't working And until I realized, okay, what does this mean? What does balance, work-life balance mean to me? And for me, it was it's really about being at the right place at the right time when I need to be. So they can be weeks where, you know, my daughter's got stuff on at school and I need to be at home more. And as long as I can make sure that I am at home more and my team's not, that works for me. They're going to be weeks where I've got to put in more work in the office. We've got deadlines, you've got a pitch. If I can be there and make that happen, I'm happy. So I think as long as you can, I don't think it needs to be, for me at least, perfectly balanced 
all the time. I, for me, it's, that's not going to happen. And I don't have a problem with that. As long as I can do what matters to me at the right time, I feel I've got my balance. Mm, and it's not a day-to-day balance. It doesn't have to be a day-to-day balance. It can be an overall yearly balance. Um, as you said, it's it's hard to have everything all at once. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really thinking about what's important to you and prioritizing, mm. prioritizing what is the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, if you can if you can do the most things that are most important to you, you're going to be happy. Mm. And that's what it comes down. You don't need everything. You need the most important things to be working for you, for you to be happy mm. rather than everything. And it goes back to our piece on really sitting down and thinking what you want and what will make you happy. Exactly. Rather than what everyone that looks happy has. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there any advice you would give to uh, young younger individuals about approaching the topic of maternity or paternity leave in in your organisation or in any organisation? Yeah, I think my my advice uh, to anyone would be again think think really carefully about what you want and then you can make things happen. Um, and I'll share my own personal uh, experience. I think when when I sort of announced I was I was pregnant and would be going on maternity leave, I think there was a view that oh she's going to be going on maternity leave. Let's let, let's not give her too much work and let her sort of you know wind down. I didn't want to wind down. I, I wanted to keep going to the last day um, at work, but I didn't talk about it. And because I didn't talk about it, no one knew. Um, and so, you know, if I could have done things differently, I, I would have done that. So my advice would be, you know, know what's important to you. Some people may want to wind down and that's absolutely fine. But for me, it was making sure I stayed relevant till, till I left. Uh, and if that's what is important to you, talk to the people that you work with, say that that's what you want. Um, and generally speaking, people will, will make that happen. I think lots of times we shy away from, you know, talking about maternity, paternity. Sometimes mm. people feel a it's little tab- bit taboo. Subject. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can, can I ask that question or, or can I not? And, you know, if you know someone well enough, just it, it'll be okay because everyone will know it's coming from the right place. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that would be that would be my my advice. Have have a plan and again, really think through what what is it that you that you want. And how did you transition from having been on maternity leave to coming back into the organisation into a full-time role? So um, I actually came back uh, flexibly part-time and I worked uh, on a flexible contract, uh, which I changed a good few times until I found which one was right, um, until for for five years. So I've oh, only yeah. very recently gone back full-time now that my daughter's properly in school and I feel, well, I can come to work on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, but transitioning back is hard. And, and I think that comes with any kind of, again, big lifestyle change. And we touched on it a bit at the start. Um, you have to give yourself some time to settle in because, you know, for me coming back to work, it was getting used to a completely different way of working so you know for me my role hadn't changed but you know all of a sudden the hours that I had to do that same job had had changed quite a lot and initially felt oh my god I just I can't I don't know if I can do this um but then and and you know what I did come close to saying I, I don't know if I can make it work and it was because I had the right people 
who were there sometimes just to listen, not even offer advice, just to listen, that kept me going through the really difficult times when I was questioning whether I could make it work. And I think like anything, give yourself some time to settle into any big change. You will find your way. Um, So don't give up. Look for people who can help and support. And that support, I mean, I can't talk enough about how important it is to have those people um, giving you that grounding and who will sometimes literally just listen to you. What is your one do and don't for a successful career in insurance? So um, I'm going to combine the do and don't because it kind of goes together. And I think what I really want to talk about is the importance of being kind and and respectful. Um, in, In my career to date, I've come across so many people and, you know, when you spend that time getting to know them, a lot of them may have a lot going on in life that you you don't see, lots of personal challenges. And being sensitive to that uh, and trying to understand that, you know, there could be more that is impacting a person at work that could be going on, I think is really important. So for me, it's, you know, the importance of being kind and and respectful, which I think goes a long way. And, you know, the other thing, don't do it because of this, by the way, but the insurance world is quite a small place. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that someone you interact with, you, you'll see them in another role, role somewhere else um, easily. But I, th- I think being kind is is a sign of strength not not weakness and many times it is seen uh, as a sign of weakness it's not it's it's a sign of strength mm. well thank you so much <laughs> for coming and sharing your stories and being so open and honest it's refreshing to to get a different perspective on your career progression and um your journey in insurance so thank you for sharing <laughs> thank you very much for having me lara <laughs> You've been listening to the ISC podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. You can get more information about the ISC at www.theinsurancesupperclub.com. Our show is produced by Connor Sweetman of Breakthrough Media. I'm Lara Pedley. See you next time. Hold up. 